this video today we will discuss about zero trust architecture zero trust architecture you know what is zero trust architecture what is zero trust all about what are the things that you should know from a security standpoint a cyber security standpoint an information security standpoint for zero trust architecture what is this term all about why is it more relevant under this pandemic situation of covid what are the things that we need to be you know careful about what are the use case scenarios what are the pros and cons each and everything will be detailing into i have subject matter experts with me akshay is there he is a founder of a company called anzen technologies akshay welcome on board thanks thanks for having me love yeah so uh, the topic of today we have uh, we uh, choosing this topic for a specific reason because in the past couple of videos we've been covering concepts that are out there uh, which have been known to be uh, known to be unknown if i can say that uh, as a matter of fact uh, have been uh, latest buzzwords at we we spoke about soar we we uh, uh we uh, and in the same sense uh, today we are sitting here and we are going to discuss about what is a zero trust architecture what is a zero trust framework what is a zero trust network what is a zero trust approach towards security so uh before i start with zero trust approach or zero trust architecture the key thing to note over here is what how is this different from your traditional uh, uh, security strategy how is your how is this different from your traditional data security or network security approach so uh, one concept that comes into mind is uh, in in traditional networks what happens love is that we tend to follow something we call as a, a trust but verify approach so when 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 i say trust but verify approach what we are saying is that uh, i as a as as an information security team or an information security head or uh, as an organization i will identify the trusted people and the untrusted people the trusted assets the untrusted assets the trusted zone the untrusted zone the trusted network the untrusted network i will bifurcate between internal network and the external network or the internet and basis on so i am putting more and more trust into my trusted networks trusted people trusted assets and i am trying to protect as much as possible the untrusted zone the untrusted network the untrusted assets and the untrusted actors right and and uh, so what uh, over time what we realized is that the insider threat to an organization is kind of ignored so we have a tendency as as even as humans or as when we are designing networks or a security strategies we have a habit of uh trusting by default the people or the network the assets the resources that are inside the network and and we are safeguarding and putting all our attention towards protecting threats attacks uh from the outside or the untrusted network right so this is why this is where the zero trust approach comes in zero interestingly enough the zero trust approach goes ahead and says that trust nobody the zero trust principle it says trust nobody in fact the zero trust approach goes ahead and says that trust is in itself a vulnerability the fact that you are trusting somebody the fact that you are uh, not expecting anybody and everybody to be a, a, a potential source of an attack or a threat is that your your security strategy is lagging 
so with with even with all the robust infrastructures uh, with the uh, uh, proper network segregation asset segregation and all of that over uh, n number of years organizations are still facing major breaches and especially when we are talking about scenarios like this pandemic situation where people are working more and more from home new threat actors new threat vectors and new threat areas come in, uh, attack surfaces come into being so how, how do i then uh, so from my traditional definition of having attack surfaces from my traditional definition of having uh, trusted and trusted zones and then just protecting the trusted uh, trusting the trusted zone and and protection from the untrusted zone uh, there is a lot of surface that gets uh, left behind which which may be potential for more attacks to happen so this is where the zero trust architecture or zero trust uh, framework comes into being so uh, if if i would if i were to define it i would say that it's it's a it's a it's an approach it's an initiative it's a strategy zero trust in itself is a strategy what 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 we are saying is uh, i am in protecting my organization from any kind of an attack any kind of a threat any kind of a breach by eliminating the concept of trust from the entire the architecture entirely so i am not trusting anybody everybody is the same for me now whether it's an internal asset whether it's an internal network whether it's an external asset or external network now easier said than done that the obvious question is uh, this sounds like something that may require may require a lot of work yes very much so it, you need to change you have to shift the whole security paradigm you have to shift the whole strategy you have to shift the whole way in which you are approaching your network your your security and that is what it talks about so i mean zero zero trust uh, concept was coined and termed by uh, a gentleman named mr john kinderwag in 2010 so he was then the vice president and uh, of of forester research and he coined this term uh, and and how this research came into being is because for a while uh, the, there was a there was security studies and researches going on on why the traditional security models are not able to uh, cater to all the attack surfaces so uh, therein uh, i mean uh, so he established on what we call as a broken trust model is that the, the trust in itself is is does not exist anymore so what i am saying is that i am not assuming that uh, any user can be trusted so it may be an internal user it may be a person it may be an employee it may be a person handling a service a server an architecture he may be known to me but i still do not trust that person Right. what is the what is this uh, i mean what is the need of such kind of principle is it the increasing amount of vulnerabilities and attacks as you mentioned actually yes the, so so with the breaches that are increasing uh, what what uh, organizations realize is the so i mean it's not being adopted by everybody it's not something which is like which has been started it, it's 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 going on for a while and like we said it's just in 2010 that this was coined and and it's coming up now more than ever because now people are realizing with the covid 19 situation uh there has there is a need there is a need to start evaluating or discussing the possibilities of implementation of a zero trust approach right because uh, no matter how much security you had when people start working from home suddenly a lot of our controls kind of went over uh, for a toss and then what we realize is there are there is uh, new uh, surfaces that have come up new attack surfaces hidden attack surfaces that have come up 
with with the dis- dispersed uh, pro- uh, personnel with the dispersed access to the resources uh, so a de- z- uh, ha- had a zero trust architecture been established beforehand within an organization in the covid situation we could have e- dealt with the, uh, we could have been more robust in security so as a hindsight people who had started believing and in the past couple of months <laughs> the the focus and the stress on zero trust has become more and now organizations are currently evaluating these architectures these frameworks these solutions uh, and 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 just seeing how they can implement this but again uh, like i i just uh, you know jump back to the same question that i asked in the you know deception technology thing this is actually for some kind of organization or some uh, you know uh, company who already has the information you know security management system in place who is already dealing with attacks right this is not the first thing that they have to implement right uh no this is a little debatable uh, love so okay. i'll tell you why sure. and and this is just my opinion and i'll tell you hmm. I'll, i'll give you the reasoning sure. because if you are building something from scratch then why not build a zero trust architecture that is Absolutely. what my Absolutely. point of thought is yeah yeah because it would make more time for me to change my architecture to change my approach ah. to change my thought process and if right. i am building right. something if i if i'm already in the process of implementing something why not give it a try is what i'm saying why not right. have like a pilot have like a uh, have like a test of this uh, implementation right. and and this only so okay let me then again say something against it as well so like like i said so if you are dealing with basic problems then you should first focus on 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 uh, securing the uh, ensuring your basic controls are okay right obviously this is something in a scale of an organization whose current traditional security methods are not being able to protect them Ah, if it is, if it is working yeah. for you, if it is something, if you are able to manage the COVID situation, if you are able to manage manage remote uh, work from home, if you are able to manage remote services, and and if if you are you are not facing as many breaches as the other person or the organization, then you might not have a need to implement this. So yeah. again, it depends right. on right. your need and what what is required uh, for you. But right. yes, I mean, implementing something from scratch for, as an entirely new concept is is would in theory would seem simpler than if I have to change things inside my organization because then it becomes yes. a full project. Yes. Right. So now, if I go ahead and talk about what what are the things that comprise of this zero uh, trust architecture? So what I'm saying is that in zero trust, uh, so in traditional security, we have something called as an attack surface. So attack surface, in def- by principle, in definition, is is any way through which an attack can happen. So my web web application becomes an attack surface. My mobile applications become an attack surface through BYOD. So all all these things become attack surfaces, right? So my uh, websites, my database servers, my DMZ servers, all this. So zero trust architecture goes ahead and says that I identify a protect surface. So instead of focusing my attention on attack surfaces, I will go ahead and define a protect surface. I will make that protect surface dynamic, and I will I will ensure a a, a concept of which we call as a micro perimeter around this uh, 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 protect surface. and i will ensure proper controls and everything inside this protect surface now i'll go ahead and explain all of this in a little bit of a detail because 
couple of terms were introduced in this one line that i spoke about so what is a protect surface so in your organization so the then the one word of definition for a protect surface is das d a a s data assets applications and services so when you say you identify a protect surface you identify all important data all important assets all important applications and all the important services for your business to function now you realize that this in itself is not an easy job i mean i i named this in one pointer but then this is an initiative but the great thing is if your organization is already mature if you already have an ismsc if you already conducting bia if you have already if you are already implemented risk management framework to a sense to an effect to a great extent you have the data assets application and services defined right so you so you, you nail down you at uh, you define your protect, uh, protect surface in the terms of the das the data the asset the application and the services now you understand the data flow in between this das so how your das is connected to your infrastructure to your users to other services so what is the interdependency so you create an architecture now you understand what the zero trust architecture meant is that i have identified the assets i have identified the data i have identified the application i have identified the users and now i am inter how is a typical user data flow going how is he accessing it so all that data flow or the interdependencies between the infra where is my firewall coming where is my switch coming where is my so all of that you define it right now what you are saying is now specifically what you are saying is that i i now i only need to focus on this protect surface and i will apply uh, i will make a, a an hypo, a hypothetical or or a, even for that matter an implementational segment out of this i will implement a segmentation gateway on this segment and this will create a micro perimeter like a hypothetical line or that is on 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 uh, as as i said as a protect surface on this on this uh, protect surface then you will identify whatever controls are needed you will you will build your zero trust policy you will identify the controls you will implement the controls and then you will monitor and maintain, maintain this in real time so this can this i say can i say that i am kind of this is what i am understanding i may be wrong okay can, can are we mapping the assets with the endpoints in the infrastructure are we doing that yeah very much so uh, that mapping is required and and how else would you define your protect surface i mean it's uh, all about so uh, how this would be a little different uh, from maybe iso or the risk management frameworks is that uh, a lot of frameworks call data also as an asset Yes, I was about to ask that follow-up question, right? You yes. you went there, you went there for yeah, faster than yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I can understand that yeah. confusion yeah. arising. But yeah. here yeah. in this approach, we are segregating an asset or uh, and a data. So when I am asset, it's like my traditional asset. And and so even applications become an asset. So if you look at it from a, a typical RMF perspective, that task, that data application and assets are asset only. In, in traditional risk management frameworks but here i am saying segregate the data because i have to establish the data flow i have to understand how data is flowing so my assets become my physical assets or my servers or my endpoints or those things 
and then application is separate data is separate and the services are separate very well uh, now i now i get it very well yeah? thank you akshay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so then uh, like i said so, so first step was define the protect surface then second step was uh, you have to uh, create the data flow or the interdependency between the das then the users so user also as an entity comes into being and then you are saying you are creating you are finalizing your protect surface you are implementing the controls on it and you are building on this you are building your zero trust policy so that this is where you are defining who will access what who is who is uh, allowed to access what and who is not allowed to access any uh, i mean you are dynamically defining for that protect surface for each and every user which type of user which type of group will be access have an access to which type of an application so i will explain okay. this i it, it might start to get a little confusing or complicated but just bear with me i'll i'll explain this with a small example sure and then so you build a policy around it that is the fourth point and the fifth point so there's a five step methodology actually why i'm saying these and the points is these these are the five steps and the fifth one says that you know you then this in this this system the zero trust network or the system that you have formed you monitor and maintain this in now uh, one one concept that comes over here uh, and and people uh, when you when you talk about uh, different methodologies that are used to implement is the uh, from a technical perspective if you ask me that actually okay all all said and done uh, all good uh, concepts and everything uh, nice but how do it how do i do this practically is first you need to identify proper network segmentation so you need to have a, a proper network segmentation in place uh you have to uh, so uh, one concept comes over here and a lot of people when you search around this is next generation firewall that comes into being or providing application context to your firewall you will find either of these terms floating around when you search about zero trust architecture is that either it has to be a next generation firewall or it, there has to be an application context to of uh, to uh, your traditional firewall which is essentially saying that if the a traditional firewall is only a rule based firewall which will filter the network traffic if you enable your firewall to allow or disallow access to applications based on parameters more than the traditional parameters of a firewall some extra parameters or different parameters that is giving it a application context so providing access to applications rather than uh, to assets or resources and not judging on parameters like source ip destination ip and judging on other parameters so i'll give you an example so here the the concept uh, as we know osi model it's like so there's a kipling method here in place this is also keyword you will uh, hear about so it is talking about protection implementing protection at layer 7 which is the application layer most traditional information security principles access privileges are defined at layer 3 where where we are saying you know the ip address and the ports and protocols functioning happen now what the problem here is that i i we've known that ip addresses there it's possible for you to spoof an ip address uh, uh, you can encapsulate your data you can encrypt your data you can try to bypass uh, checks of packets uh, and layer 3 protection is known to have been bypassable the firewalls ids ipss are they are known techniques to bypass this so uh, layer 7 what it says is that forget about all of this 
I'm not even concerned about the network traffic. I am saying that I am differentiating. I'm identifying all my different applications, and I'm saying, uh, how should I give you an example? Okay, let's say you have an internal email application. Okay, email service application. Now, in your traditional approach, or let's say you have a web application. Okay, you have ten different web applications, and there is like a core banking application inside your network. You're you're a bank. and what you are saying is that now i will protect my core banking application as a unique tar asset uh, uh, system rather than saying that i am trying to protect all traffics on 80 and 443 so i hope i am i am getting to you that now yes this becomes like a protection piece for me this becomes an a crucial part of my protect surface where i was talking about the data the application uh uh the task which i was talking about and so so important thing over here is that you are focusing on the application part of it so so my core banking application my internal application my uh, the application becomes a focus for me rather than i am just saying that any and every web traffic should be protected i think can i say that is it a kind of implicit deny to all the other remaining applications yes, right yes, like yes. we have that rule. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly denied to everybody and dynamically right. allowed to people. Right. So what that, that's now. what that's yeah. what we are talking about. So yeah. yeah. So I I I could go ahead and say that in 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 a typical uh, uh, typical firewall, you you'll have a source, a destination, a port, and a protocol. And the source, destination, port, and protocol define the who, where, what, and how, or sorry, who, where, and what. Right. and so what happens in the layer 7 protection is that now you could go ahead and you can define a identifier for a user you can define you can assign application ids to your applications you can define the time in which the access is to be given you can define the limitations to the access you can define where uh, which uh, object is to be accessed you can define justification of why it is being accessed and how will it be accessed so your typical uh, query or your rule will become if the user id is a uh, uh, system administrator and application id is admin portal and during uh, 10 am to 5 pm where in mumbai location why because of upgrade or uh, some some reason and how using this service then allow otherwise deny so then you can create ids you can create users and specific uh, points of applications right and then you can differentiate how it will happen on premise how it will happen remotely how it will happen on cloud so all of those specific definitions you can create and all of those things you can create and this is the core and the crux of uh love the the zero trust architecture obviously segmentation plays a role here identity and access management comes into picture so we were discussing about identity and access management now identity and access management from a solution point of view i'm not speaking i'm talking about identity and access management as a concept because ultimately that's what you're doing you're creating user ids you're creating right. application ids you're you're defining accesses so this is essentially then after the network segmentation you're defining a well well built identity and access management strategy you define you have to define a well and robust uh, event logging mechanism who is accessing when and where so for troubleshooting for incident analysis 
and you so so and and redefine your network and your policies as such very well akshay i think i this is what is you know currently going in my mind i'll try to tell you very nice uh, nicely explained first of all and secondly i i got your point now this is something that an organization should think before implementing the in- initial infrastructure setup because you are absolutely right there this is more troublesome for somebody to do a change i think it will involve a lot of change from that perspective yes yes and it involves a lot of sitting on a uh, on a drawing board uh, making architectures yeah. because because see the point over here is we can't disrupt the uh, business that we are already doing so right. how do you migrate migration is the key so first right. defining a robust strategy is the key then you've already made some investments how you can so it's it's about uh, you may have to make a couple of investments but i'm not saying that it's a quintessential you can utilize your current resources and redefine them in a way that you can uh, uh, change it to a uh, uh, a zero uh, trust architecture as well but yes it requires some strategy some thinking some pilot testing some some period of testing some some buffer period and then you move forward right even small even larger network segregation segmentations within organizations takes years and when we plan for 8 months then it happens in one and a half years we already know that because there are operational challenges too so yes it's 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 challenging it's traditional you might need a, uh, some experts around it but it's it's possible and it is the need of the hour for people who are facing it i mean there are people who are realizing there are organizations who are realizing that in fact this is the right time to start evaluating the possibility of implementing something like this should something uh, similar a pandemic situation or something similar uh, to happen again yeah yeah i got your point akshay and uh, you know just uh, i was just thinking from an implementation point of view this is a very good starting point because as you rightly mentioned most of the organizations are focusing on the layer 3 if we start focusing on layer 7 altogether the scenario changes the the yes. theory the principle everything changes you know there's a different yes. approach to it altogether yeah and you have to get accustomed to the fact you'll have to think of possible attacks uh, that could happen i mean get yourself comfortable with the fact first for get on a drawing board see if this would actually work and this can be done through uh, simulations on on paper based exercises uh, this would require heavy involvement from your network experts it would, this was this would involve involvement of your application heads uh, of of your information security team so all of these people have to sit together and and this cannot be done by 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 a single team or overnight yeah this is one of the important i think point of considerations for all the cisos out there if you are getting a lot of attacks as akshay rightly mentioned in your organization this is something you should consider on a serious note because this will actually help so akshay again coming back to the same question which i used to ask before that there is a comment here uh avir is saying i am using the same parameters for zero trust so avir if you like to mention what all you are using currently that will you know we can actually relate out to people okay thanks for confirming that it's a good explanation he is also saying that you are explaining it very well thank you so uh, i was just asking is it something that a company as a startup because you know i love startups so can can they implement the, this by their own or do they have to get in touch with an expert like you 
so i i i mean if you're if in this era if it at this time you have a startup and you're starting to implement things and you're in the process of network segmentations and segregations and you're growing then i think this is the right time to evaluate zero trust architecture because it's at a smaller scale and then you can build it as your organization grows and so it becomes it grows organically this this architecture instead of you just trying to fit it somehow so it makes sense for you uh as a startup and but you have to decide whether you are in that position where you are you facing those attacks or are you a that kind of a visionary who wants to have that i mean uh, uh, that all depends on the uh, awareness or or the vision of security that each and every startup has uh, this could be good for you uh, what if what if yes. i am a cloud startup what if i am a cloud startup i think that then i would need this kind of setup right yeah i mean so so even if even if you are if you are working with uh, endpoints and servers and if you are a cloud startup as well you need this approach obviously you need yes. this yeah. and if you are a service provider you might need this as well yes. uh, uh, but the idea here is that yes uh, to make sense of it you it's always good to because these are uh, i mean you don't want to get confused you don't want to uh, put the wrong foot forward you don't want to make a mistake which you and makes you uh, and, and ends up making you pay pay in the later stage so it makes sense from the architectural level you get a consulting firm or 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 a security expert involved uh, so that they can ha- hold your hand and t- take you through the whole process and because ultimately it's your team who's going to implement but but if there is an expert on board then they'll be able to guide you they'll be able to test the system they'll be able to uh, audit the system and they'll be able to help you define the parameters and the kpis used for maintaining and monitoring it over time so how do you measure the success of a zero trust that is where the key comes in right i mean i have implemented it but how do i see whether this is actually working fine or not maybe i am not getting any attacks and only i get an attack and all of this architecture fails so there should be real time kpis or monitoring metrics which which we can give to you or or anybody for that matter can give to you uh, who's who's an expert on this uh, and help you uh, maintain this as well because it's a, it's a long term thing it's not a child's play it's not like today i implemented zero trust and now i'm going back that's not going to happen so you you need you will need time and you will need money and there will be heavy investments on this uh investments nonetheless on even your traditional architectures are there as well so i mean then that's a call you need to take so for all the cisos and for all the cios who are out there what kind of uh, and all the ctos what kind of challenges akshay uh, they might face just a couple of them just for you know examples in implementing something like this at a large scale i would say so at a large scale love i think um one one point i see is if uh, if they don't have a, a business asset list or business process list or they've not done a bia so i mean uh, th- that is a a heavy activity that needs to be done it's not challenging as such but i mean it needs to be done because you have to then make your asset list your data list so you have to segregate everything in terms of your data your asset you might have to rework you might have to reform your data flows again access from an application access point of view you might have to go through it the network segmentation part you might need to uh, rethink about you might have to change uh, or improve your identity and access management framework on basis of this so all of this is something that will require a little bit of time and easier said than done like i said it's only two words yeah. for me to say but it's a whole month months long project for for them to implement 
I think what I have understood so far in the half an hour of you know catch up that we are having here, it's some kind of a principle which is adding to the CIA triad. Yes. So yeah. So it's a different approach. Love. What we are saying is let's focus on the protect surface rather than the attack surface. Let's yes. focus so heavily on the protect surface that no attack should happen. Right. So it's like if you are if you are gazed and if I tell you today. that uh, you have to protect the house or if i tell you that just guard the gate so you are just guarding the gate or you are just looking at a particular area and then you are focusing so much all your time and energy on this that you are ensuring that nothing happens to this that is taking care it's taking care of your fort first just build a fort and take yes. care of it that guard, is the micro that, that is the micro perimeter and the micro perimeter is dynamic wherever the dash goes wherever the data application uh, asset and services go the micro perimeter comes along with them ah very well yeah you have nailed it akshay i think nobody in the entire youtube would have such kind of a decent explanation thank you so much uh, for you know making it clear at such a level anything before we conclude this uh so No, I mean, if you if you, if you are interested in understanding more about zero trust architecture and whether this is the right fit for your organization, uh, the you can contact us professionally. More than happy to consult you, help you evaluate uh, frameworks, solutions. Uh, if you want to implement a next generation firewall, if you want to uh, understand more about the Kipling method, how layer seven security could protect you more. If you are facing breaches and you want to talk more about it. do give us uh, a call or an uh, drop us an email on on the provided link and, and we'll be more than happy to help you yes anyone would like to you know get in touch with anz and the link is there in the description of this video you can easily get in touch with them the email address is there the phone numbers are there just don't hesitate to you know think about like this is something that you have since heard for the first time don't stop yourself from trying it out this is what something that i would you know add to that because these things are you know getting out just to help you safeguard your environment in a better way to put better controls to put better safeguards so get the most out of it do not limit yourself with the current infrastructure that you have do not limit yourself with the current environment which you have just try to you know think out of the box and think about these controls this deception technology that we discussed yesterday zero trust these are good things these are things to have so again think about from your organizational standpoint from a strategic standpoint if you think there is a need of course go for it and you know consult there is i think actually uh, there is no charge for consultation right they can always come to you and they can consult right this this uh, they can always talk to me get get a professional opinion on this and yeah. then uh, we can figure out whether they want to engage with us professionally or not but yeah right. there is there is no harm in talking yeah absolutely so thank you so much akshay for your time really appreciate uh, thank you all the guys who were there on this video really appreciate i i see a lot of people who were part of this you know live video for last half an hour thank you so much for watching everyone have stay safe thank you bye bye thanks bye Bye